0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from north valley baptist church in santa clara california led by pastor jack treber though located in the heart of the silicon valley you will hear fervent old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of north valley baptist church it is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message
1: all right take your bible turn with me please first corinthians chapter 15 tonight first corinthians chapter 15 it's been good to be in church today and every sunday is a good day but thank god for church on sunday night and uh, looking forward to what god's going to do this evening thank you for singing and singing out and i'm praying god will meet with us this evening you know what is you know it's a waste of time to go through the motions go to church and leave and god not meet with you and god not bump into you and god not move and i want god to meet with us this evening and here's the good news god wants to meet with us probably worse than we want to meet with him and I'm glad God already knows the need of the hour and God is well able to meet the need. If we'll just get out of His way and let God move, it's amazing what God would do. I don't know how Peter, James, and John did that. I don't know how they explained what they saw on the mountain when they came back down. How do you do that? Well, we saw Jesus glorified and we saw a cloud and we heard a voice from heaven saying, hey, don't worship Elijah or Moses, you worship Jesus. I think the other disciples probably stared at him, kind of like, what are y'all talking about? Well, tonight I've come down off the mountain and I feel like I'm going to tell you about some things and you'll stare at me and say, what in the world are you talking about? Yep. And I hate that because while we were at teen camp this week, really honestly, not just saying this, but honestly, while we were in the services, my heart was back here saying, I wish our entire church family was in the service with us tonight. Because here's what I know, if you'd got a taste of that, you'd never get over it, and you'd want it all the time. I've been in a lot of services, and that's not an overstatement, I'm talking about a lot of services. At the height of it, and we were in evangelism, I'd preach 460 times a year. That's a lot of church. But Wednesday night and then Thursday night would be two of probably the best services that I've ever been in. Partly because it's our church family and our young people, and because our heart is that we want them to get that but secondly just because god moved in a way that you don't often get to see god move and it's going to be hard for me to try to explain it to you i just wish that you'd have been there but i'll tell you what god did for us i think god those of us that got to go there a hundred so people god knit our hearts together in a special way and uh i can be honest with you and tell you i love your young people i mean i love your young people. These young men, man, they they, they encouraged me. Yep. How sensitive they were to God, and then how how strong they were at the same time, and their leadership. And these young ladies, how appropriate they were, and yet how sensitive they were. And you know, there was emotion for sure, but nothing that was over the top or out of order yeah. from the young ladies or the young men, and just the workers there to work with Josh and. A.J. and John Raisley, just not too far ahead of them, and Lauren was there, and Jane and Janine, and then the Fineras and Evan and Sarah, and Ronald was there, and other people. And to watch all of these people, and, and uh, uh, Caleb, all these people come together. And God to meet with us, Chad, if you took a week off at work, Alvin and Teresa, and if I name them all, I'll forget somebody. But just the point is, the way God knit everybody together out there, and Pastor and Mrs. Trebert were there for the first part of the week, God did some things there that I hope we don't, that were there, ever get over. William Carey, I mentioned this in bus meeting yesterday morning, said, I'm not afraid of failure. He said, I'm afraid to succeed at things that do not matter. Tonight I want to come on behalf of these young people because they don't get the chance to preach or testify. But I think that if their heart was in the right place, they'd want you to be encouraged that what you're doing is not a waste of time. And you're not just spinning your wheels, and it's not just worthless, but it's making a difference. Sure is. You might amass a fortune, you might get a name known around this world, you might have a company that would be the rival of others. All of that at the end of the day could possibly not matter. You could succeed at that and be a failure. But what you're doing by investing in things like we did this week, I'll tell you this, the world might say that's a waste of time, but that is success. Take your Bible, and I want to show you, and I'm going to speak more about that here in a a little while, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I've got written down in the front of my Bible. I don't ever really have anybody sign my Bible. I don't really do that. For one, I just think it's weird, and there's nobody I like to hear preach as well as myself anyway, and I've (laughs) I've already signed it, so why in the world would I have anybody else sign it? If Jesus came back, he could sign it, but he's not here bodily, so I'll sign it. But I wrote down something in the front. I have a lot of things written down in the front of my Bible. I always write this in the front of my Bible. I pray for power. And I look at it before I preach. I have a statement made. We don't need an echo. We need a voice. And I have that written down in my Bible. I have an old hymn line that says, Not have I to offer thou, O Lord, art all. In the front of my Bible. But I wrote down a new statement Wednesday night when I got back to my, my, my room, hotel room, nothing. My room at the camp. I just want to know God better. You know who gave me that quote? A young man who's been saved just a couple of months. Christian gave me that quote. He came down out of that amphitheater, tears in his eyes, and I said, "What what do you need? He said, I just want to know God better. Man, I'll never get over that. You changed my life with that statement. I want to know God better too. It's not a waste of time. Brother Nicolai, it wasn't a waste of time. Thank God for that. Look at your Bible with me. We're going to read the first 10 verses of this chapter, and then we'll read verse 58, and I'll give you the, the, the phrase, really, that's my thought for tonight. The last few times I've preached, I've been a little more teachy. and Tonight, you'll just have to bear with me. I just won't preach. I just want to testify and just want to share with you what's on my heart. Verse number one says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and of all the apostles. I forgot to mention Brother Flood, and I'm under heavy conviction. Brother Flood was there, too. He's my brother from another mother, the ugly brother. But anyway, I love Brother Flood. He's a blessing. Seriously, I love him. He's a blessing. Look what it says in verse 8. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace which was bestowed upon me was, and watch these three words, not in vain. Take your Bible, look at verse 58. Last verse of the chapter. Paul's concluding this chapter with an exclamation point. Therefore, because of all the truth he's just presented on the second coming of Christ, the rapture, the resurrection... Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is, and here's the phrase, not in vain in the Lord. For a little while this evening, I want to preach on this thought it's not in vain. I'm talking to a parent who's been discouraged, or worn out, or weary, or a worker who's kind of getting tired of it. I want you to understand something it is worth every mile. It is worth every trial. It is worth every drive to school or practice or coming early for whatever it is. It is worth it all for what God did in the heart of your young people this week. It is not in vain. Let's pray. God, please help me to preach tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Abraham Lincoln on November 19, 1863, stood in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and gave what's known as the Gettysburg Address. You've probably heard the statement before, but let me read a little bit of it to you here this evening. Here's what it said four score and seven years ago. Our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We're met on a great battlefield of that war. We've come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. It is for us, rather, to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have, here's the phrase, died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. That word vain is a word that can be used to describe a lot of areas of life in this hour. In fact, I hear that word attached to a lot of things just as I listen to conversation throughout the week. If you listen long enough to the average person as they speak about the day and the hour in which we live and you hear them drop that word, it's vain or it's all in vain over and over again. I've heard people talk and they say that hope is in vain. I've heard people say that effort, whatever it is, effort is in vain. I've heard people say that decision is being made in vain. Policies in political arenas are often made in vain. Different pursuits of life, you can see that pursuit is done in vain. The word vain signifies something that has no real significance. It has no real value. It's got no real importance. Something that is vain is something that is baseless or something that is worthless. I can't think of anything more tragic or more horrifying than to live your life and spend it all involved in something that is absolutely vain. I mean, being wrapped up in something that is of no significance, something that is not important, something that can be characterized as being in vain. To do something in vain is to do something that bears no fruit. To do something in vain is to do something that makes no difference. To do something in vain is to do something that is as worthless as if you had done nothing at all. For example, for a man to try and push over a mountain, that would be done in vain. For a person to try to lift up the planet that we now stand upon, that would be something done in vain. For you not to go to the coast and try to drink the ocean dry, that would be an attempt done in vain every single one of those acts is baseless all of them are worthless and it's futile and would bear no fruit whatsoever and here's why the mountain is too heavy you could never move it the planet is too large, you could never lift it. The ocean is too vast, you could never drink it dry. And it'd be a waste of time and a waste of effort, and a waste of energy to even attempt it or to give it a try. And there's a lot of things like that in life that can be done in vain. There's a lot of political things done that are done in vain. There's a lot of business things done that are done in vain. There's a lot of social things done that are done in vain. There's a lot of environmental things that are done that are done in vain. There's a lot of military things done that are done in vain. People have chased after money and found out that chase was done in vain. People have climbed the corporate ladder to find that that ascent was nothing but done in vain. Leaders have given a vision to their nation and found that vision was offered and yet offered in vain. People have gone all over this world and tried to find satisfaction and tried to find fulfillment and the search was done in vain. That day so long ago, when our president stood at Gettysburg and he memorialized the men that had drawn last breath and shed their last drop of blood and given their tears and sweat and bravery and sacrifice on that field declared that what they had done and what they had offered was not given in vain. What he's saying is the battle they fought was not a worthless battle. The bullets they took were not worthless or wasted bullets. The danger they faced was not futile or it, The attack they experienced was not a wasted experience. The life that they gave was not an insignificant offering. But those thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers that died on that battlefield. They did not die in vain. I can't think of anything more horrifying than to get to the end of your life and find out that you worked and find out that you toiled and find out that you gave and all of that was done in vain. I mean it had no cause, it had no value, it had no base. It added nothing to anything. It was totally empty and hollow, no significance. You fought the war, you took the bullets, you advanced on the enemy, but at the end of the day it made no difference I don't want my life to be wrapped up in things that are vain I don't want to wake up every morning and get my day started in something that is vain. I don't want to let the clock hands go by and turn calendar pages and it be done in vain. I don't want to sacrifice in vain. I don't want to sweat in vain. I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want to live in vain. William Newell wrote that song and it said, years I spent in vanity and pride. And that's where most of the people in this world are living today are living for things that aren't going to matter a million years from now. They're not going to matter a hundred years from now. They'll make no difference maybe a week from now and their life is being spent in vain. They spin their wheels and they get nowhere. They wear themselves out over nothing. They invest in that which gives no significant return. They fight for that which does not matter. They die on the battlefield of wasted worthlessness and insignificance. You can look at the average businessman and say it's in vain. You can look at the average politician and say It's in vain. You can look at the average entrepreneur and say, it's in vain. You can look at the average physician and say, it is in vain. You can look at the average athlete and say, it is in vain. You can look at the average philanthropist and say, it's in vain. You can look at the average entertainer and say, it is in vain. You can look at the average investor and say, that is in vain. You can check their bank statement and I don't care about the zeros it would still be in vain. You could tour their factories and admire the machinery, and yet you could declare it is in vain. You could walk through their real estate and admire their investments, but at the end of the day declare it is in vain. You could tour their trophy rooms and admire their accolades, but then step back and have to say all of that is in vain. A lot of work, but of no value. A lot of investment, but no return. A lot of but no significance. Total their assets and amass their fortune and count the time and number of their property, measure the notoriety, and all of it comes back in vain. So many lives are marked by minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years spent in vanity. Well, tonight I want to encourage you I want to try to encourage our church family. I want to try to encourage the heart of every mother and every father and every teacher tonight, every bus worker, every parent, every tither, everybody who helps make things possible for the ministry to run around here, that I've got a truth from the Bible tonight. You can rest your faith in it that God tells us whenever you and I labor in the Lord, when we labor for the Lord, that the sweat, that the blood, that the tears, that the money, that the time, that the heartache, that the burden, it is not done in vain. is not in vain. It is not in vain. The heavens cheer us on. We do not walk alone. Our labor and witness, thank God, is not in vain. In good days, it's not in vain. In bad days, it's not in vain. In fruitful seasons, it's not in vain. In barren times, it's not in vain. In esteem, it is not in vain. In reproach, it is not in vain. In season out of season, it is not in vain. What you do for the Lord is not baseless. It is not worthless. It is not waste it is not insignificant. It is not in vain. I'd like to go to Elijah and say, Elijah, get out from under the juniper tree. There's a lot of men out there that are leaning on you and depending on you. I know you feel like you're wasted. I know you feel like it's worthless. I know you feel like you're on the losing end. But God's going God's to gonna use you again. God's got more down the road in your life. It's not in vain. Don't quit now. Don't stop now. It's not in vain. John the Baptist in prison. I know you're discouraged. I know you didn't plan it like this. I know you feel like you're outnumbered and overwhelmed. I know your life is about to end. But I tell you this, there's some folks out there been saved because you preached, John. Don't you be discouraged. Don't you give out now. Your labor, your witness, your preaching is not in vain. Job, 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 you can't sit in the ashes like that. You can't stay there and defeat. You gotta get up and go, Job. Can I tell you, God's got more for your life. I know you feel like you've toiled and labored and you lost your family but God's gonna bless you again I want you to know your worship and your faithfulness has not been done in vain Hannah it's not in vain all the prayer all the bitterness all the struggle it is not in vain God's gonna Samuel on the way and in these days tonight church of so much vanity all around us we live at ground zero for vain life can I say I'm glad tonight that we can enter into this church house and we can invest in something We can give to something. We can stay faithful in something that absolutely, without a doubt, based on my Bible, is not a waste of your time. It is not empty. It is not hollow. It is not in vain. I'm glad our battle's not in vain. Our prayers are not in vain. Our service is not in vain. Our struggle's not in vain. Our love is not in vain. Following Christ is not done in vain. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. It's doctrinal, it's dynamic. And the very closing of the chapter charges us to continue on serving the Lord. You start out reading the chapter and Paul defines the gospel. Then Paul testifies of the thankfulness he has in his heart for the grace of God. Then Paul gets into a long doctrinal discourse on the second coming of the resurrection and the rapture of the church. And then he concludes that by giving us a charge in verse number 58. Now, you read verse number 58, and I want you to know this is a Bible promise. And when God makes you and I a promise, you can take it to the bank that God is going to keep His promise. I want you to see what He said in verse 58 Therefore, because of all the truth I've given you in the entirety of this text, He said, because of the fact that Jesus is coming soon, because you've been saved by the grace of God, because you know the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, He said, you ought to be steadfast got to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's why. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You talk about an exclamation point on a text, right there it is. He's encouraging these Christians, it is no time to bow out. It is no time to slack up. It is no time to quit on God. You just stay at it. Jesus is coming soon. Be steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Lord. It might be a hard day but it's not a quitting day. It might be an unfruitful day but it's not a quitting day. It might be a stigmatizing day but it's not a quitting day. It might be a burdensome day but it's not a quitting day. It might be a betraying day but it's not a quitting day. It is a day to keep going. Paul said I'm calling on you to be resolute. I'm calling on you to take a stand. I'm calling on you to look higher than the burden and understand it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus Face to face, it's not time to quit. He said, Continue, be steadfast, keep working for the Lord. It'll pay day someday when you see Jesus face to face. I like what he says your labor is not in vain. He didn't say it might not be in vain. He didn't say it's probably not going to be in vain, but definitively, he said, Your labor is not. That word labor tells us it might be difficult, it might be troublesome. You're going to have problems and opposition, hardships and disappointments, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, all through. Burdens and bitterness and battles, things you'll have to bear. It might be hard, but it's never in vain. It might be unpopular, but it's never in vain. It might not get applauded, but it's never in vain. It might be full of heartache, but never in vain. It might mean trial, but never in vain. It might mean loneliness, but never in, me- in vain. You might see no results, but it's not in vain. You might sow seed and not take root. You might teach and train, and those you've taught and trained seem like they don't care or can't comprehend. You might hear scorn and no thanks and get more negative than positive. You might feel pressure and not appreciation, but none of it's in vain. It might be in vain if you labor for the world. It could be in vain if you labor for money could be in vain if you labor for your business, and I'm not against you doing that. I'm just saying it might be in vain if you labor in medicine, but it's never vain if you labor in the Lord. Now let me apply. That's just all my introduction to apply. I understand we're living in days, and also I'd say in a place where it is not easy to labor for the Lord. And I'd say it's amplified how uneasy it is when you have a teenager Brother Moore and I were talking about that the other day. Just when you go outside these four doors and you go somewhere like, uh, is it West Valley, the mall, whatever the mall is called, when you go there, you just feel like you're an alien, a stranger in a strange place. The wickedness hits you as soon as you step off the property. These are not Christian-friendly days. And these aren't the days where there's a lot of people everywhere praying for revival and wanting high standards and racing down aisles to get closer to God. The pressure is high on you and I to conform to the world to drop the standard, to quit, to pursue something else. The push is so strong against Christians... When you try to go forward for God and the pull is very real and it's very dangerous to leave what you've always known and go after something that might be a little bit easier. But tonight I wanted to swing by the pulpit just to remind us your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The money that you've spent, the hours that you've tallied, the prayers that you've prayed, the sermons that you've preached, the lessons that you've taught, the doors that you've knocked and the routes that you've run, run, the tears that you've shed, the hurt that you've had to endure, all the long nights and the hard days, not one bit of it has been done in vain. You might think it is. You might feel like it is. The devil might crawl up on your shoulder and tell you that it is, but you can knock him off and rub his nose right there in verse 58 and remind him our labor is not in vain in the Lord. You might think it's hopeless. You might feel it's fruitless. You might think you're not making a difference, but can I say the Bible tells me it's not a it's not a waste of your time. It's not a waste of your energy. It's not a waste of your struggle. It is worth it. It is not in vain. One of the young people gave a testimony. It broke my heart. And she said, I'm just been exhausted trying to be a Christian. And it is that way sometimes, isn't it? It's not easy, is it? And I know it's probably harder on the girls than the guys to an extent. I know that. I know the expectations are hide. I'm afraid you think we want you to be perfect. We don't. We just want you to be a Christian. That's all. But you say, it gets hard some days. I understand that. But let me tell you something. It is worth it. It is worth every bit of it. Every bit of the scorn. Every bit of the slander. Every bit of the stigma. Every bit of the eyes." getting cut at you. It doesn't matter. It's going to be worth it all. Labor for the Lord. It's not in vain. It might be hard and a struggle, but never in vain. All for Jesus. Always for Jesus and everywhere for Jesus. It's not in vain. I want to say tonight it's not pointless. It's not worthless. It's worth it. I want to say to the preacher's preacher it's not in vain. I gave a couple of testimonies of young men that I used to take with me and travel with me on Tuesday night. And now neither one of them are in the ministry. One got a girl pregnant out of wedlock. The other one got divorced. Sometimes the devil make you think, what a waste. And I know you probably feel that way. And we've talked about that kind of thing. Imagine investing and pouring out your life into people and preaching. And all you want is to see them succeed spiritually and go on for God. And those people that you love the most usually turn around and hurt you the worst. But it's not in vain. I'm so glad. He gave that testimony last night, 16 years ago on this day. 16 years ago, he marched from down here to here, from Clyde Avenue to here for a new auditorium. And I wasn't even thinking. And I know because I've got it on my calendar. And don't get mad at me for saying it out loud. I know you don't want me to. I'm going to. I told him last night, I said, man, God got over me when you said that this you opened up this auditorium that many years ago on that date. I said, the very next Sunday is the Sunday I surrendered to preach. Come on. Come on. Man, this place he said. He looked at me and said, you know, that's my birthday. <laughs> I said, I do now. <clears throat> They're on my calendar. You didn't know me then. I didn't know you. You marched down here and opened this place up, and God knew all about it. Isn't that, it's not in vain. And it's hard to tell how many more preachers will be coming through here down the road. Because you did that. Brother Nikolai, I don't want to ask you how old you are, but I wonder how old you are. How old are you? A hundred and what?
0: Eighty-three.
1: Eighty-three. He's eighty-three, and he doesn't, he's you can say it because you look like you're not eighty-three. Better than that. How old are you, Christian? Fourteen. Fourteen. Eighty-three. fourteen. Fourteen. I'm bad at math, but that's a long time ago. There's a lot of time separating you two. A lot of water under the bridge in your life, and you didn't know there was a young man, 14 years old, going to be living near you and your wife. Amen. Hey, why don't you say something? Say, say, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. It's not in vain, Brother Nikolai. God's still using you. I was there on Wednesday night, and I looked out the room that I was staying in and could see the amphitheater. And I looked out there and got under conviction because there was one young man sitting halfway back in the middle of the amphitheater. And he's praying for the services by himself. Man, I went back in that room under conviction and said, I better pray if he's praying, Jared. Brother Smoster, it's not in vain. Your son prayed for that service. And I guarantee it, he opened the door that God could move. It wasn't us, it was him praying. I saw you over there praying. Hey, that's not in vain. That's parents. Megan Moyer gave that testimony. I won't say it for her. She can tell sometimes she wants to. But man, it burdened my heart, broke my heart, and then it encouraged my heart. And I don't know what the situation was, but Brother (laughs) Moyer and and Mrs. Moyer, I guarantee there were some nights you prayed, and you worried, and you wondered, and you shed tears. But she gave that testimony on on that night, and I tell you, it made a bunch of other kids wake up and give testimonies, and it touched their heart, and God used her this morning, she walked across the front of the church and I always say hi to her just because I want to annoy her anyway. But usually she just was like, hi. But not this morning. She even smiled at me. I saw your teeth and everything, Megan. (laughs) Different. God changed her heart. Hey, that's not in vain. I want to say to the Sunday school teachers, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. The study and the labor and the lesson that you prepare, it's not in vain. I want to say to you in the school, it's not in vain. The labor you put into the bus workers, it's not in vain. You go out, there was bus kids that got saved at team camp this week. It's not in vain. I want to say to the missionary, you're here, uh, AU, I'm talking to you back there. I want you to know it's not in vain. Thank God for what you're doing on the mission field. I want to say to the singers, God used the specials this week and Brother Martinez and Melissa and others that play, uh, were in the music part of the services and it's not in vain. All the labor and all the time it's not in vain. I want to say to the ones who gave. You didn't go, but you gave. That wasn't given in vain. Fourteen souls saved during camp and then another young lady got saved last night at home because of camp. That's a good investment right there. That wasn't, that wasn't given in vain. I want to say, I saw Brother Whitlow over there. It's not in vain. I know it's difficult. You're just like me. You moved out here, didn't know a whole lot of people. And I know you're traveling all It's not a waste of time. And there's men in prison getting saved and women in prison not going to hell anymore because you're serving God like that. It is not in vain. I want to say to the laymen of our church, it is not in vain. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and filling a pew and saying amen and singing out and smiling as we're up here and you encourage our heart. It's not a waste. It is not in vain. God is keeping score of that. I want to say to the staff, it is not in vain. I know some days you might not feel like it and you might think I could go do something else, but can I say it is worth it? Just stay at it. It is not done in vain. I want to say to you couples, it's not in vain. You single people, it is not in vain. You widows, it is not in vain. You've been divorced, it is not in vain. Broken hearted, it's not in vain. Some of you have a hospice bed in your house for a loved one and you still come to church and they're on your mind right now and you think nobody knows or cares but I want you to understand something God does. It is not in vain. I want to say tonight for those who are afflicted and those who are lonely it's not in vain. To the teenager who's trying to live for Christ it's not in vain. Don't listen to the detractors tonight. Don't listen to the dissenters, and don't listen to the devil. It is not done in vain. I imagine Stephen probably thought he died in vain until he got to heaven. And Jesus said, hey listen, you know that fellow down there holding the coats, that's gonna be the apostle Paul. I imagine Noah probably thought that he served in vain until he looks down and sees everybody who's still breathing air right now. We're all here because Noah It's not in vain. My heart is stirred up. I don't know how many preachers there were called this week, but several. I know some young ladies surrendered to missions they just testified about a little bit ago. And like I said, there was 14 and then another one, 15 total that got saved. That was not a waste of time. That was not worthless or baseless. I got to stand at Gettysburg at the battlefield. I used to preach in that area every year. Stand there in that place and just see the memorial of it. No fighting there anymore peaceful there now. It's beautiful. And I could stand there and enjoy it because so many men so many years ago labored. And thank God it wasn't in vain. I'm going to pray. Here's what I think would be good. If you've been feeling like, you know what? It is not worth the fight anymore. I'm going to drop this. I'm going to quit that. I'm going to do whatever. Would you just come reconsider? would you just come reconsider based on what it says in verse 58 that it is not in vain if you'll just keep on laboring in the Lord? Broken-hearted, maybe, but keep on going. Hurt, maybe, but keep on going. Maybe some of you young people, you made some big decisions at camp. You ought to go to your parents even tonight and tell them, hey, it's not in vain. Maybe go to your teachers or your workers and say it's not in vain. I tell you what, it would help them if you do that, if God leads you to do it. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Brother Martinez, why don't we sing? You know that hymn. You sing it while we pray. Brother Caleb will play it. It's not in vain. Thank God for those who just keep at it.
0: Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org.